0: You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
1: And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balencolic uh, joining me on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon, to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And just to let people know uh, texts and WhatsApps now available if you want to text in because our competition is finished. Oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Let's get straight into questions. Hi, question please for Annalise. What's the best advice for somebody suffering from acid reflux?
0: So acid reflux. Um, normally what we do here, Patricia, is we put them on a couple of different supplements. The first one is something called zinc carnosin. It's spelled zinc, Z-I-N-C, and then carnosin, C-A-R-N-O-Z-I-N. And this does two jobs. It can help tighten up that little valve at the top of the stomach to prevent acid from leaking up. And it also nourishes the mucus-producing cells of the stomach. So if the stomach can produce a lovely thick layer of mucus, it protects it when we release acid during um, when we eat our dinner. So acid is a hugely important part of digestion it helps us break down our proteins it helps us absorb b12 from our food so it is important that we have good acid that's one of the problems actually with the acid blockers is that they will um, prevent you from doing those things efficiently also certain minerals like iron and calcium they need to be slightly acidified in order for us to be able to absorb them efficiently so long-term use of those PPIs like Nexium that block acid, they can actually make you more inclined to get osteoporosis down the road because they can prevent you from absorbing calcium. So going down the natural route is great. So the first thing is the zinc carnivine. The second thing then I would recommend is something called Slippery Elm. And there's a couple of different supplements you can get, but the one that I really like is the BioCare Slippery Elm because it has marshmallow in there and something else called gamma-horizonol. And these are really good to kind of heal any inflamed and irritated tissue in the stomach and in the esophagus. And with Slippery Elm, it kind of provides a mucilage a mucilage layer over the cells in your esophagus and in your stomach and it gives you a protection at that moment when you're eating. So you take it just before you eat your main meals three times a day. And then the last thing I'd recommend is a digestive enzyme. So this just takes the pressure off your own system to digest food and helps it just push it along a little bit, makes it easier. And normally I recommend people do two to three months of that and then you can probably cut everything else out except for the digestive enzyme once the reflux has stopped.
1: Okay, uh, well done. All right. And this I'd never heard of tonsil stones. Listener says, I frequently get tonsil stones. And sometimes, even though I feel I have one, I find it difficult to shift it. I also constantly have a bad taste in my mouth and throat. And would like to know if there's anything I could take to help, as I'm very conscious if I am speaking to somebody up close. I know my teeth are fine. I've had that checked. But something to do with the tonsils
0: strange one patricia we've actually had it before on the program cuz i didn't know what it was and i had to go look it up and do it the following week so i do remember it now okay. and basically these are little kind of hard stones that seem to form in the tissue and the tonsils or the back of the throat almost kind of like hard calcium deposits um and some people can get quite a lot of them and they can become infected in the worst case scenario but a lot of the time they can just cause discomfort when swallowing and they do also have they make your breath smell so ideally the best is prevention there is actually no natural cure for these and i don't i could never find any reason as to why people get them but what i think would work very well would be to do a proper gargle every single day with um a mouthwash now there's a couple of different ones that i'd recommend there's dr delish clare does a lovely one with some mirror in it Myrrh, you know the Two wise, the three wise men brought frankincense and myrrh to the baby Jesus, and <clears throat> these both of these myrrh and frankincense have massively anti-inflammatory properties. So, Dr. Claire does a lovely mouth wash, wash with echinacea and sage and myrrh in it, and it's brilliant for the hygiene of the mouth. So, you could do a deep gargle with that, and then if you can't get your hands on that. Uh, You could just simply do it with salt and water, but I would do it every single day. And then the third thing that might be of help is the grapefruit seed extract. Um, It basically, is literally, is the extract of the grapefruit seed. Um, It's called citricidal, the product that you buy in the health shop. Normally, I recommend it as an antifungal, but it is a great one for cleaning and keeping the mouth clean and healthy without destroying the good bacteria. So you could also do a mouthwash with that. And I think prevention is the best thing really there.
1: Okay, now this is something new on me. Uh, Theresa's been on to say, has uh, Annalise any information on Aronia? It's a berry growing between Bantry and Glengariff. It's grown by a Dr. Steve Collins. It's been on sale in Bantry. It grows on shrub land. Um, Theresa's told it's great for antioxidants, good for blood pressure and helps with diabetes. Have you any further information about this berry?
0: Yeah, it's a be- it is a berry that grows, um, very high in vitamin C as well, uh, very high in natural antioxidants, but so are all the berries. Um, I think the key with berries, Patricia, is if you can get them fresh, it's fantastic. Some of them have uh, <clears throat> you know better properties than others for certain things. For example, blueberries are incredibly good for eye health as well because there are pigments in the blueberries that are specifically good for the rods and cones at the back of the eyes. But generally, all berries are very good. But eat them within season. I'm not a big fan of berries in the winter time unless I get the frozen ones and I'd use those because they've generally been picked in Europe in the summer months. But I think, you know, we can't really be getting a huge amount of nutrition from berries that are being grown in Kenya and South Africa and then been put on a ship unripened mm-hmm. and all the way over and ripened artificially So um, the aronia can be dried You can grind it up and use it as a powder You could actually probably buy powdered aronia In the health stores as well You can certainly buy lots of other powdered berries In health stores Again, I'm not too convinced That if they're sitting there powdered for a long time That they'll have a lot of vitamin C And other vitamins in there um, but yet, they're very good natural um, anti-inflammatories, brilliant for the heart health. They'd be a big part of the Mediterranean diet, and the Mediterranean diet is time and time again been proven to be the best for heart and brain health overall
1: yeah I googled them they're also known as choke berries and they are they're seen as a genuine power food the benefits of which are now only been fully understood okay there's anyone Completely. On
0: this? the only thing I'd say Patricia is that sometimes we spend an awful lot of money on on power foods you know kale got very
1: expensive I remember the that there for a while yeah there's nothing wrong with cabbage yeah, you know? yeah exactly so, exactly yeah okay um hi Annelies uh, any advice please for somebody suffering from dizziness?
0: Um, Now, that's the million dollar question because there's lots of reasons that you could be suffering from dizziness. So the first thing I suppose could be low blood sugar. If your blood sugar is dropping too low, that would definitely be a factor for dizziness. So if you're going long periods of time without eating or if you started actually developing kind of diabetic like symptoms, like a lot of uh, thirst all the time or frequent urination, it could be something to do with your blood sugar. Um, sometimes if you're low and deficient in the B vitamins uh, of folate and B12 and the mineral iron, these are all needed for making your red blood cells, which carry oxygen around to your body. So if you become anemic, dizziness would be a very common, common symptom of that. And fatigue and tiredness and maybe even breathlessness as well. So maybe get your bloods checked and make sure that those levels are okay. Or take a supplement with B12 folate and iron in it dizziness improve another thing it could be is it could be something called vertigo where a virus has actually affected the canals of the inner ear it's a virus very similar to the flu virus and it causes inflammation in those canals that are responsible for our balance so you get this dizzy feeling it's very common mostly the doctor would prescribe the um the anti the travel drug stematol which is a kind of an anti-nausea drug for traveling because a lot of people, you know, with the balance affected on ships and planes, get very sick and dizzy. So it maybe could be that. So really, there's you have to figure out what the cause is.
1: OK, and someone has a 10-year-old with a bloated stomach, rock-hard abdomen. What would you recommend? That could be a variety of things.
0: It could again, but I suppose when I hear rock hard Patricia, I think um i i were I wonder is there constipation so
1: mm.
0: uh, constipation in my book is if you 're not having a bowel movement every single day, um I know a lot of doctors would say if you're if you're not straining it 's not constipation, but I actually do think we need to evacuate our bowels every day because otherwise that those t- you know all the pesticides and everything in our foods the additives it's sitting in there, rotting away for more than twenty four hours so I wonder, is that the case with this um, this little one? Um, if so, the foods that are very good for constipation would be things like kiwi fruits, prunes can be good, orange juice can work well for some people, um, all the soluble fibres like porridge is an excellent one for soluble fibre, and psyllium husk is a type of fibre that's really easy to give to kids because you can hide it in breakfast cereals quite easily, especially Ready Breck and parges, because it kind of goes a bit gloopy. Um, and that's a lovely gentle fiber to soften the stool. Um, so it could be that um digestion if digestion isn't working well, you can get digestive enzymes for kids. nature's plus have a range called animal parade, which is for children, and that digestive enzyme is lovely and then the last thing is of course, maybe take a probiotic because if it's just happened recently after an antibiotic um, or maybe even a stomach bug, getting the good bacteria in there could help too.
1: Okay, and Kay, uh, staying on bowel movements. Had a colonoscopy, and it was all clear, thank God. But she has what she describes as a constant bowel uh, movement, and her stomach is very sore. What would you recommend?
0: Okay, that sounds quite as if there's quite a bit of irritation there, um, and it's, I wonder—is this just after the colonoscopy, or is it the reason that? No, you
1: the, the colonoscopy was five years ago, and it was all clear.
0: Okay, so it's, so okay. When I hear that um, regular bowel movements. I think, nearly always food intolerance. So you're eating something that's not agreeing with you. Um, There is such a thing as too many bowel movements. Now, if you eat a lot of fiber, two or three bowel movements a day is fine. But if you're having more than that, actually the food is going through so quickly that you're probably not digesting and absorbing the good out of it. So it could affect your health in the long term. So what I'd start off with there is a the digestive enzyme, a kind of a broad spectrum one. Terra Nova do a lovely one, actually, that also has probiotics in it. So you just take one capital and it has everything in there um so a digestive enzyme and a probiotic and if that doesn't sort it out you really are probably looking at food intolerance so you're eating something that's irritating your system and it's going through you too quickly and the best way to figure that out is to do a food intolerance test but when i do them here in the shop and i've done hundreds of them the top foods that come back patricia are eggs and um, dairy pea oranges Barley is another big one. And actually wheat and gluten are common, but nowhere near as common as those other five. So maybe take a
1: look well, at those foods. Wow. Well, um, and then, hi, uh, Anneliese. Uh, what would you recommend something for inflammation in the ankles, fingers and tummy? Would it be beneficial to pull particular food groups from my diet or introduce others that might help alleviate the problem? Also, interesting your views on jobs, tear, Chinese pearl barley, would that be a benefit for the inflammation?
0: Okay, I'm not not sure about that pearl barley. I don't think I've heard of that. But I think I am always wary of when foods are very much touted as kind of the ultimate superfood. So an anti-inflammatory diet actually should contain a rainbow of different foods and they should be all whole foods and not cooked. So we go back to the Mediterranean diet again, which is very high in Omega-3 fats, lovely natural anti-inflammatories. You get those from oily fish or from things like walnuts, chia seeds, linseeds and uh, pumpkin seeds. So including those in your diet would put natural anti-inflammatory omega-3s in there. Also, the Mediterranean diet is very, very high in vegetables and berries. These would be very naturally high in plant-based chemicals that are anti-inflammatory and we've evolved to use them that way as well so it is great to get it from our food and then removing processed foods is key as well because these will actually have a lot of chemicals in there that the body isn't used to that we don't deal with well and that can actually stimulate inflammation. So follow a very clean Mediterranean diet if that's what you want to do in terms of food and that's an anti-inflammatory for the heart, for the brain, for the joints, for the stomach, for everything because what you're doing is you're putting in the kind of the sponges, the anti-inflammatory chemicals that will mop up and help reduce inflammation in the body. But if there is a lot of inflammation, I think you do probably need to take a supplement. And the best ones that we get results with generally are the extract of turmeric and turmeric itself. The extract is called curcumin and also boswellia, which is from frankincense. These are really nice, powerful anti-inflammatories, and they work best when there's a lot of inflammation in the joints. So you might need to do a couple of months of those just to give yourself a kickstart and then hopefully manage it with diet.
1: Just done a Google search, I think it's, it should have been Job's Tears. It's used in traditional Chinese medicine. It's a type of millet and it's thought of cooling and diuretic effects. Okay. okay. All right.
0: And All right. millet actually is a lovely one. We can, we, can have, we can get millet in health shops. It's so gentle, Patricia. It's great if people have uh, gluten intolerance and it's a lovely alternative to porridge.
1: OK. All right. We'll leave it there. Thank you for that, as always, Thanks mine of information. Sure. Thanks for joining us. That is Annelise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic.